the valve of trial where the prosecution has arrested judge uh, denying a defense request. We'll get into that. Uh, with the attorney extraordinaire Ray Perini, part of the great uh, Perini Herger team, nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here on a Friday. And we say a very good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm good, Jay, and it's good to be back, but it's a troubling, troubling case. It really is. You know, every day we've seen this. The testimony, gut-wrenching stuff, uh, Ray, you know, the, you know, to me, the, you know, the end all, all the abuse and everything else uh, that's been levied here, uh, you know, but the hosing a kid down in January with a spigot outside and then throwing him into that garage unheated, my goodness gracious. I mean, does it get any worse? Does it get any worse as far as everything that you've heard here? You know, I, I don't think the facts are in dispute. And we talked about this when when the case started. They're going for his mental state. He didn't really want, didn't know the boy was going to die, didn't want the boy to die. But it just doesn't work. He knew, he let it happen, and he even had concerns about hypothermia. When I, when, when I, I'm not in the courtroom, but I read all the articles. You know, the day the boy dies, Thomas dies, why does he lie about the accident? Why does he take 50 minutes to call 911? Why does he claim that he tried to do CPR when he did it improperly and he knew better? And you know what actually is damning to him? What he can't get around is in a text five, five days before that child dies, he texts Polina that, you know, sleeping in that cold garage could cause hypothermia. Five days later, the boy dies of hypothermia. That's depraved indifference. That's knowing it was going to happen and doing nothing to stop it. You know, go back to the government's opening, the, the government, the prosecutor's opening statement. The four numbers, eight-year-old boy, 16 hours in the garage, the temperature outside was 19 degrees, and his body temperature was 20 degrees lower than it should have been. That's what causes hypothermia. That's what Valva was concerned about. That's what killed the boy. That's murder, plain and simple. And this is where you have these attorneys now coming into play. You know, Saboni, uh, Saboni, uh, Valva's defense attorney, he argued that prosecution had it pre presented were a legal, legally sufficient, that's what he called it, evidence to support the charge uh, that Valva acted with knowledge that there was a grave risk of serious injury or death. He cited, you know, the testimony from the teachers of the two boys, which he said was really, you know, the most dramatic with respect to Anthony. Injuries they described we're not life-threatening. But it really comes down to that depraved indifference. You know, the testimony, according to Spony, uh, did not support Valva acting with a state of mind of depraved indifference, which, of course, the jury has to find in order to convict him of this uh, second-degree murder. Uh, and thus, this judge, you know, denied the request of the defense to dismiss that charge against Valva. But all in all, that's what they're really kind of 
focusing on and hope, hope with the hope of throwing out that charge, right? They they want to get rid of the murder one. That's the twenty five years to life count. They want to make it look like the oh he didn't realize it was going to happen. Uh, you know he he didn't he never saw this possibility. When I was reading the articles and I saw that text five days before the murder, this could cause hypothermia. That's what he tells Polina. He does nothing. A year before, when he's getting, he's, he's saying, you can't do this to my son. You, they can't sleep in the garage anymore. A year before, she says, well, what are you going to do about it? And for a year, he does nothing. And when the temperature's 19 degrees out, he out of his own text message, admits he knew that this could cause death. He knew that he was he was really committing a murder. Uh, I don't see how they get around that. It's nice doing this as a as a radio show because I have, don't have to pick a side. But I sure want to be the prosecutor on this one because he deserves what he gets. There's no question, Ray Perini, with us, and you know, and that's why they, I mean they're trying to pass off the blame here. You know, it's a he said, she said deal, right, right? Because, you know, Angel Polino, who's next in line for this trial, you got two several ones, folks. Uh, you know, they're trying to basically say, listen, she was the boss. You know, she gave the marching orders to Michael Valva because Michael Valva was under duress, you know, with his divorce and everything else. You know, had to find some sort of shelter for him and the kids and whatnot, get into Polina's house. She has kids of her own and whatnot. She called the shots. You know, she felt that Valva was a little too light on these kids, didn't like the incontinence that took place. I mean, it, it's just mind-boggling, but that's what they're trying to do here is kind of deflect, right? They're trying to say, listen, Angel Polina was the one here. You know, forget the fact that they were soaking wet, thrown on a bare floor, concrete floor, cold garage, 19 degrees outside. Really, that's the crux of it all. I mean, that's where the lead prosecutor, Kerry and Kelly, you know, who opposed this other motion and recounted some of the evidence that the jury saw the boys sleeping on this concrete floor, shivering. That was the word she used there. To me, that emphasizes it all when it comes to what this young boy died of, which was, of course, hypothermia, right? Um, exactly what what uh, Valva was concerned about. I, I don't think it passes the laugh test that this city cop, this tough guy, wears his gun on his hip when he goes to goes to the school, threatens the school with harassment lawsuits. I don't think it passes the laugh test that this big tough guy was so cowed by this woman, Polina, that he didn't do anything to protect his kids, especially when it knew it could cause their death. I think we get a quick verdict in this case. You do, too. And you look over the last month, and you, Ray, you and I said this was going to be quick. Uh, and there's no question. Um, was I surprised as far as the prosecution? No, I wasn't surprised at all. Prosecution rested yesterday. Uh, but, you know, when you have a couple of dozen witnesses, you know, the teachers, the resp- first responders, police officers, Norbert Flores, uh, lead homicide detective, medical people, uh, the photographs, the videos, the text messages that we spoke about. And this is all going to the jury, folks. The evidence is just incredible. It's overwhelming. And it details the last couple of years of, young, of the young boy's life, uh, which, you know, the, the alleged uh, starvation. I mean, if, if you're sitting on a jury, you imagine this? Kids going to school hungry. 
You're in soaked clothes, stained clothes, looking in garbage pails at the school. You know, uh, as far as, you know, whatever they could find. The beatings, the nights spent on that floor in that garage. You know, the bruises, the lacerations. I mean, this is just overwhelming stuff. I mean, Ray, if you're sitting on that jury, I mean, how could you, how could you not throw the book at this guy? Uh, see, I, I, I actually, I have to, you know, it's not even like it was a one-off. This was the only night he spent in the garage. This was a year's course of conduct over a year. And they tried to cover it up. They tried to bully the teachers. They lied to the, um, they lied to the, uh, responding, uh, emergency services. They, you can't lie and claim, I didn't know something bad happened. These lies are going to kill him. His statement that it could cause hypothermia, again, I, I just, I, I don't see that a jury, when you have a young boy like this, who needs to be loved and needs, needs to be fathered, and this man just turns his back on him, uh, I, don't, I, I don't see where they're going with this. I just don't. Um, and it, it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's a terrible case. You know, it shocks the conscience. Here we are living in Suffolk County. And this is going on, and CPS does nothing. That's another thing that has to be explored. Question. How did this happen? And and Ray, speak, I mean, I mean, that's an indictment on the county. I mean, listen, I understand these workers. Maybe they're understaffed. Yes, in general, caseloads are high. I get it. But you know what? To me, it is incredibly uh, uh, intense. To me, if you go to a home. 15, 16 times, okay? If you go to that same residence and the alarm doesn't sound in your head, I mean, what are you thinking here, you know? I mean, that is the very job of CPS is to file a report of some I mean, it's unbelievable how, I mean, how do you overlook something like this, Ray? I mean, that to me is alarming in itself, no? You know, I actually think at some point it may be the subject of a grand jury investigation. How does this happen? Is it because it's such a normal, they appear so normal from the outside, a city cop, Polina, you know, middle-class family, it can't possibly happen. Maybe they just blew it off and didn't think it was real. But these teachers knew it. They was, I mean, I I feel bad for them. They're going to feel responsible for this boy's death the rest of their lives. Imagine an educator here. I mean, how many teachers witness this? I mean, if you're somebody in that school and you see a kid scrounging for crumbs, you know what? You take that kid, you put him in your office and lock that door until there are results. You do not, do not let that kid leave that school. I don't care what you have to go through. I mean, those teachers, that's disgraceful. I'm sorry. Hey, listen, there are there is a lot of finger pointing here, folks. Okay. I mean, there is a lot of dropping of the ball here on all fronts, all fronts. And you know something, Ray, you know, this this ex-wife, Justina, who everybody thought, you know, she was out of her mind, all these allegations, you know, that job, judge uh, in Nassau, what was her name? Oh, Schwartz, whatever her name was. And yeah. finally, she left the bench in disgrace, retired. And I wonder why now, right? I guess Justina is not as crazy as a lot of people thought, huh? All the allegations, she had documents, and everybody kind of poo-pooed that way, 
ways ago. You remember that? Oh, I do. No, look, again, we talked about this when the case started. There's going to be a lot of why did this happen, how did it happen. But let's get over the first hurdle. Who did it? Who's responsible, directly responsible for the boy's death? That's Valva and Polina. Let's get them convicted, and then we can look backwards as to why and make sure it doesn't happen again. But there's plenty of blame to spread around here. Uh, and it, it's shocking that it happened in our county. I mean, I'm, it shouldn't. Happen anywhere. Ray Perini with us a couple of minutes. All right, so the prosecution rests. The defense found out, uh-uh, we're not throwing out that murder charge, secondary murder charge. Where does the defense go here? Uh, they're not getting, they're not getting it what they want. Um, do they rest their case? Do they fire off a couple other witnesses and whatnot? What test? Where does the defense? If you're on the defense, what do you do here? I, you know, I don't know. Do they have? You know, are they going to try and bring CPS into this to say that they went to this house 16 times and everything was unfounded? based on all the other evidence. Is somebody from CPS going to come in and testify without taking the fifth because they are responsible and could be criminally responsible? Uh, I, I don't know where they go. I don't know who they call. I, I don't know how you... you. When I, when I read that text message about hypothermia and Valva knew that could happen five days before the murder and then the ME says he died of hypothermia, I don't know. I don't know how they undo that. I don't know where they go with this. Uh, I would rather be the prosecutor on this case, doing what, doing the right thing, than trying to figure out how I'm going to defend this man. And I don't say that lightly. I am a defense lawyer. In the next day or two. You're going to have full-blown deliberations here. I don't think it'll take that long. Um, And then you have Angela Polina on deck. So, in essence, with deliberations and a verdict forthcoming, how does that not affect a second trial that is coming everyone's way here with Polina? I mean, is there some sort of influence that could be involved? I mean, listen, the jury's not immune as far as they're going to hear things. You're going to have a second jury in play for Angela Polina. So how do you separate the two in that regard, Ray? You know, I almost know. I I don't see how you can. This case has gotten so much notoriety. Who has not heard of it? Who has not formed an opinion on it? Who has not probably cried over some of the articles when they read them? I don't know where you try Polina or how she gets a fair trial, but I think that, you know, and Judge Massey's a good judge. He'll do a very careful voir dire. Anyone with an opinion will be tossed. But uh, normally you want to be the Normally, if I'm, if I'm in a case like this, I want to be the second defendant to go to trial because then I know the people's proof and I know what I'm going to do. As a defense lawyer for many years, I look at these facts and I say, what can you do? You're not going to get a plea. No one's going to plea bargain in this case. Justice demands that they go to jail for as long as they can. So they're going to have to try it, and we're going to go through this again, and we'll probably have, if I'm correct, the same result. Yeah. And uh, listen, you and I said, I I said for sure this thing would be done before Thanksgiving. I still stand by that. 
first off, jurors don't like sitting around during a, a holiday respite and everything else. I mean, this is clear-cut stuff. I mean, uh, John Leterko and his, and his team, I mean, they were up against the wall on this, uh, in my estimation. There's no question about it. I mean, you're hearing all this stuff. It's terrible, especially with a kid involved. Uh, it makes it so much worse, you know. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. When this thing ends, what is the gap of time as far as when Polina's will get underway? Is it a week? Is you it know, right away? How does that work? You know, it's really going to depend, one, on the court schedule yep. and two, on, on her defense lawyer's schedule. Uh, if I was the defense lawyer, I'd want as much time as possible between verdict and my trial, if I was playing his lawyer, <laughs> to try and let things calm down a little bit. Uh, and I might even argue that if, if we were about to pick a jury. Yeah. But quite frankly, I think for the for everybody's sake, this case should be put to bed as soon as possible. This is just a case that really tugs at your conscience. And you got you to say, this happened, and this happened in Suffolk. It's just it's a bad thing. No question. And Ray will be right on top of this, uh, as always, as far as the uh, next steps that uh, could be involved here. Full uh, full deliberations, I would imagine, would be on the way uh, by next week. Uh, if not, the defense, you know, pretty much, I think, would be done today, unless they have a couple of uh, other deals up their sleeves as far as bringing in more people and whatnot to kind of combat this thing. But really, I mean, it's, it's just over to me. Uh, and you know, listen, Ray's been in the court, obviously, with his experience, and he sees it kind of clear-cut as well. Uh, but it's insurmountable as far as I'm concerned. We'll keep an eye on it. Ray, can't thank you enough, my friend, for a couple of minutes Always here. a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate it all. Uh, Perini Herger, part of the uh, great firm uh, with Ray. Uh, listen, it's overwhelming stuff. But I think, I think he's right. You know, as far as, you know, you could see some stuff going with CPS and everything else. Uh, I mean, that's that's tough stuff. You know, you go to the you go to a residence as many times and you don't flag that residence. 